The first thing we'll talk about is what's going on, what went on with uh, Kyrie Irving. Right. Uh, especially since, you know, I'm so close to the Celtics. And, um, you know, just the, the thing that upset me, and I don't mind, you know, Kyrie going, you know, to Brooklyn and playing. You know, it's okay. I just really didn't appreciate the misdirection. Mm. The big girls love that. Chicks love the last shot opportunity. Well, good to be back, Max. I feel like we haven't done this in months. Yeah, yeah, it's good to be back after all the information which is out there, the NBA, the way things happen. It has been an unbelievable phase. And obviously the first thing we'll talk about is what's going on, what went on with uh, Kyrie Irving. Right. Uh, especially since, you know, I'm so close to the Celtics. And, um, you know, just the, the thing that upset me, and I don't mind, you know, Kyrie going, you know, to Brooklyn and playing. You know, it's okay. I just really didn't appreciate the misdirection. Mm. Uh, I don't know why you would go through all the elaborate, I'm playing with my father on the court, I'm mm. doing all these different things. And all of a sudden, you have a video of you walking across the Brooklyn Bridge. When did you make this video? <laughs> and, and how long did it take? I mean, that's so, home. That's what yeah, said in the commercial, man. He's back so, home. So that to me was that to me was probably the most disappointing thing uh, when it came to Kyrie Irving. I think the the, the big difference, obviously, with Kimball Walker coming here and Kyrie Irving was the fact that Kyrie Irving was traded here. Kimball Walker decided to come here. And uh, now do we start to, on the other side, do we start to say that free agents will come here to Boston? Mm. Because weren't we saying that for the longest time, how they wouldn't? Right. Everybody said, oh, you can't get a free agent. Al Horford was a free agent. That was the first one. That was the first one. Then what you had, then Gordon Haywood comes. Right. Now Kimba comes. Mm. So I I think that we can kind of throw that out the window about players not wanting to come to Boston in the NBA. Because we always see it in all the other sports. But the NBA, for the longest time, we have not talked about that. Well, the Kemba situation, what was interesting for me was when he put out that article on the Players' Tribune. And he talked about pretty much taking shots at Kyrie. He said, oh, I'm not going to be the kind of leader that's going to yell my teammates off the court. I'm not going to say any negative things about my teammate. That's wrong. You should. Yeah, say some negative things about guys when they're playing. A lot of times you want to keep things in-house. But if you're a captain of this team, you have all right to talk about certain situations. But you think that situation was handled correctly, though, when Kyrie Irving in Orlando was, was screaming at Gordon Hayward for not giving him the ball back? I mean, there's certain ways to go about it, man. You know, you there's know? certain ways to go about it, but... You Keep know, it in-house. But, but, you know, because it's, it's, a, it's an emotional sport. And sometimes things are going to happen right then and there. And I've seen my teammates mm-hmm. when I played. You know, go at each other on the court. Mm. Did you want to keep everything, you know, behind closed doors? Yeah, but but, you but, but, it. but it's an emotional game and, and things do happen. Well, my point by that is I think what I got from it the most was Kemba Walker saw a situation that Kyrie Irving was in and said, man, how did that fall apart last season? I would love to be in that situation. Give me that spot. Give me those shoes. I'll fill them and... Let's go with it. What's up, Boston? I'm here to stay. 
I'm I'm all in for you guys. You're going to see a, a different kind of season compared to last year. Well, obviously, it was dysfunctional. And I think that part of it to me was, and I fought a lot of different people, but I even fought the Celtics. And all the people for over the years who have babied Kyrie. How many times have you been to an event where Kyrie was there and you can't speak to him? Mm. Security's around him. I mean, this is a, a, a team, and then you have a team event like the Shamrock uh, Gala, where it's all, you know, season ticket holders. Mm-hmm. Close friends of the team. Right before the season yeah, starts. Yeah, and, and at that time, if you're going to let your guard down and be less guarded, it would be then. But, you know, the Celtics had a security guard here and another security guard here. And now nobody can speak to Kyrie. Nobody mm-hmm. can ask Kyrie for autographs. So you almost try to insulate him too much instead of just saying, look, you know, this is Boston. Right. This is how we do it here. Yeah. You know, I've been with the great players. I've been with Larry Bird. I've been with Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish, Dennis Johnson. Nobody of those guys were baby like that. Now, obviously, everybody's saying, well, it's a different era, which it is for social media. But so because of social media, I think it plays into it that much more that you have to put on that face because of the fans seeing you, because of everybody being there. Well, it's not just social media, too, though. It's a player-driven league. I mean, we hear that constantly, and as years goes on, you know, decades after decades, you're starting to see more of that, people controlling their destiny. And kind of, for me at least, I saw that that huge turn in 2010 when LeBron did the, the decision, you know? Yeah, he got backlash. Then, yeah, he was the villain. But what happened a couple of years afterwards? Everyone forgot about it. He got two championships. And he was praised. Yeah, he was praised. Kevin Durant looked at that. By my estimation, Kevin Durant looked at that and said, oh, well, if I go to Golden State, I'll go through the same thing. I'll get some backlash, but then I'll still get my championships. That, uh, of all the things you look at, I'm not sure if that would have been the more villainous of the two, uh, Kevin Durant, because you had just played those guys. You had almost you had those guys beat. No, so it's, it's worse, right? Yeah, so no, I'm just saying there was yeah. more villainous there, right. and and you had those guys beat, and then they beat you, yeah. and you decide, hey, I want to join them. <laughs> that that to me, that not that to me, that was that was as, as people say, if you want to take a, a, a you know a, a dive, that's the one that you say, nah, I, I didn't I didn't particularly like that one. Yeah, does he have the right to do it? Yes. But some things don't look good, and some things don't smell good, right. and that was one of them. Yeah, but now they're saying that they're ready to eventually retire his number. The Warriors are. So that what what happens in the end? He's still praised. You know what I mean? Well, you got to. You, know you got. No, well, I think yeah, You know, he's going to go down as one of the greatest players in history. Absolutely. We have a guy as a two-time MVP on a team that already had an MVP mm-hmm. and he steps in and becomes the MVP or MV, MVP of the playoffs mm-hmm. twice not once but twice when you win I, I, I you know you do have to give that count, that guy praise now we're in a whole another era where we look at uh, Kawhi Leonard a guy who has been on two different teams and slayed dynasties yeah Right. You know, when he was in San Antonio, slayed a dynasty. Now, on the East Coast, mm-hmm. playing for another team, slays another dynasty. He has gone to a place that I don't know. This is the crazy part about it. And we, you know, we're just rambling now. But when I think about it, you think of two, the two highest profile players, 
highest profile players in this league right now, two of them, will be Giannis playing the Greek freak mm. and then Kawhi. Mm. Both guys were not taken with lottery picks. Yeah. Yeah, that is the crazy. crazy part. I mean, you're talking yeah. about you can. You, there's always this thing where you have those top guys, and you go, "Okay, yeah, this guy is destined to be there." But you have two guys, not one, but two guys who who have gone on to be who are mega stars in this league, and really maybe the future of this league, mm-hmm. who were not taken with those first twelve picks. Right. Yeah, that's in, that's insane. Yeah, mm-hmm. we, we've never seen anything like this. Before. No, no, no. You see guys coming in and. You know, there, there are times when you see a guy who's taken the second round and, you know, and then sometimes you see guys, you know, uh, you know, who, who, you know, really get it going. And, and, and you know, Gilbert Arenas was taken in the second round, mm-hmm. you know, really got it going. The hibachi and, right. you know, the way he cooked people. Mm-hmm. Money Ginobili. Yeah, Money yeah. Ginobili. There, there, at times it happens, but even with those two guys, they weren't the face of the NBA. Right. These two guys, if you want to be real, two of the best the two top players right now in the Eastern Conference mm-hmm. were guys taken without being high lottery picks. Right. So it shows you that to a big degree, sometimes you have to be lucky. Not just, you know, with, with you know, your scouting and all that, but you have to be lucky and you never can define what was in a guy. You know, Boston Celtics took Joseph Forte, and right behind him was Tony Parker. Mm. The Boston Celtics took Kelly, uh, Olenek. Kelly Olenek. Right behind him was the Greek freak. The so, MVP. Yeah, so there are times when you just, you get lucky. You get lucky. Because, you know, the same thing you would say about Paul Pierce. Paul yeah. Pierce has well been taken with the second pick in the draft yeah. and drops all the way down to number 10. And now it's a Hall of Famer. So it isn't an exact science when it comes to picking guys in the draft. Right. Well, two of the best players of this generation, though. Yeah. 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 This new generation. But what about not too long ago? In my opinion, the two best players have been LeBron James and Kevin Durant. Both of them are going to be able to say that they play with Kyrie Irving. What does that say about Kyrie Irving? In your opinion, in terms of he's able to pull this thing off in a couple of years. Well, I think that in Kyrie Irving's case, playing with LeBron James was LeBron James's choice. It wasn't Kyrie's choice because right. LeBron James came back to Cleveland. And he wouldn't have done that if there was no Kyrie. Yeah, there was no Kyrie right. when he came back, but still he decided to come back. This is an extreme case where you have two of the best players in their prime deciding to go to Brooklyn. And it's just sad that one guy right now, who is probably as valuable as anybody in this league, mm. is not going to play because of an injury. It would, it, you know, those two guys together, pretty pretty interesting. And then we have to talk about the resurgence of Brooklyn. Mm. Here's a team that was left for dead six years ago. Yeah. They gave away three first-round draft picks. Unconditional. <laughs> Now, what did those that players? That billionaire yeah. man, he thought that he had it made. Yeah. Paul Pierce and KG. Yeah, and, and and but then gave away those picks. Yeah, and everybody said, "Oh my God, this is the death death nail right now yeah. for for Brooklyn." And then across the street or right down the street is the Knicks, and what have they done? Whereas you look at you know, both teams were you know essentially dead, and now one team. I don't even know, you know, what's in the stratosphere for them when you think about Brooklyn 
And the Knicks right now, you know, are still throwing good money to bad money. Right. You know, getting some players that I just, Julius Randle, $63 million. I like Julius Randle. I'm not for $63 million. I mean, I in that situation, you, though, you know, Julius Julius no one else is trying to go to New York, Max. Nobody else is trying to go to New York, but you just can't, you know, that, that's the, that, the prudent. <laughs> you can't be money like that. Well, yeah, but, that, but that's the prudent thing about spending money. You have to be prudent. I mean, one thing I looked at, everybody talked about Michael Jordan. Oh, my God. Kimba, Michael Jordan is on the cheap right now because he wouldn't give Kimba, you know, $200 million. I don't think so. Matter of fact, I think it was the wisest move Michael made. Mm-hmm. Because if they have Kimba Walker with the same, essentially the same team they've had last year. What's going to happen? Nothing. This is a team that probably would just... Might make the playoffs, might not make, you know, it'll be flirting with eight, mm-hmm. you know, maybe in, NBA's, maybe out. I call, I call it NBA's purgatory. Yeah, and that's exactly where they'd be. That's what it is. That's where, they, that's where they'd be again. So instead of spending two, $200 million, why not kind of tear this thing apart? Look what Atlanta's done. Atlanta has, has leapfrogged Charlotte mm-hmm. and decided to go elsewhere, and they're a lot, lot better for Charlotte, you know. They're going to take some licks, take some hits, but you know they're you look at some of the contracts they signed with Batum and people like that. What do you and, think about Terry Rozier and Terry there. Rozier? Well, they had to go out and I, I, I like Terry Rozier for them. You know, because, I do too, but I was because, really surprised by that by that number. Well, you a still money. well in this league now, even that that's that's a moderate contract for him, and you get a guy who we've seen who can he, who has said and is from time to time has been. Unbelievably good. Mm-hmm. Now it's time for Terry Rozier to put up a shutdown, right? Because now right. you have the keys to the car. Yeah, you can't play in one series or or four series. You have to go in there and prove to your team, the teammates, and everybody that you're that kind of player. Right. I mean, he's gonna. If I had to guess right now, eighteen, seventeen points a game. That's possible. This well, they're gonna they're gonna win about seventeen, eighteen games. That, that probably, <laughs> probably, probably that's the same. That's thing. the difference. Yeah, and then but then they're gonna be picking. You know, if, if the ping pong balls go the right way, they pick you know two, three, something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, four, and that's how they became relevant in the first place when they were bad. They got Larry Johnson. Then the next year they they got Kendall Gill, mm-hmm. and then they got um, Alonzo Mourning. So they drafted really well. Uh, uh, Dale Curry was mm-hmm. there. Muggsy yeah. uh, Bowes was yeah. there. So they had a team. Kenny Gatherson. So they had a team of some really, really was good Rice players. Was Rice there? Yeah, was that later on? That was later on. Glenn Rice? Glenn Rice was still Glenn Rice came later he on. He came later on. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that team. That was a good team. All right, let's get back to Kyrie. One, one more thing I want to bring up because I, I'm trying to wrap my head around this. Like, like you said, the, the two commercials is what pretty much says it all about the situation between him and Celtics. I don't even know if they. I don't even know if they were commercials. It was like videos. But that Celtics one though. It, this like, is like this is like eight months ago, man. Yeah. This, this isn't right after he got signed. What happened? What transpired between those eight months? And, and on top of everything, what was the storyline when he first came to Boston? Oh, he wants to be on his own. He wants to spread his wings. He wants to lead a team. But now you're teaming up with Kevin Durant. Granted, Kevin Durant won't be playing much next season. But he's going to come back the year after that. Well, you got a chance to see what it was like. He he didn't like it. It wasn't for him? Is that what happened? And maybe he said, this is not for me. He didn't, maybe, he didn't, he wasn't good with the young guys who were playing. That didn't didn't suit well with him. 
the system, all these different things. You remember one of the things he said about Brad Stevens, uh, you know, and, and surprisingly of all people, they were talking about Kimball Walker. Mm. Kimball Walker went crazy. Oh, he went off. Yeah, yeah, 38 Crazy points. down there against, and Kyrie openly goes, well, I don't understand why, you know, most teams double team him. Why didn't we double team him? Those are questions you don't, you don't throw the coach out there under the bus. Right. And that's why I think last year was such a, 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 a great growing experience for Brad, for Brad to, for him to be the head coach of the Celtics. You think he benefits the most out of this between him and Kyrie, or does Kyrie now have a, a great shot at turning things around and being the leader that the Celtics wanted him to be last year? Which one happened? Well, I do like this for Brooklyn. Good luck because he's going to have to change his change his uh, approach, change his attitude. I just don't think that Kyrie Irving can. And it's been spoken from not only by the Celtics team, but his, but when he was with Cleveland, where he'd go weeks without speaking to any of his teammates. And that, if you're a young team, your leader has to be vocal and bring everybody together instead of being so independent and so out there, so diva-like. And, and mm. you can't do that. Agreed. But there's another guy who used to be like that, very similar. His name was Kobe Bryant, and it worked out for him. You know, yeah, well, Kobe, Kobe had a very similar personality. Well, and think, it worked out in the end. Yeah, well, I think the thing about it, let's look who Kobe was playing with. Playing maybe the, one of the greatest centers of all time. No, I'm talking about post Jack. That's when he well, said he could be the leader, he could be the guy. Well, they won a couple of championships, and, he, and you look at the people he had with him. Lamar Odom before all the things he was doing. Right. Paul Gasol when he was playing with Bynum when he was just coming into his home. Right, but you remember before the that? World, world B. What is it? What is it? What is it? World Metal World Peace. Ron Artest. I still call him Ron Artest. Yeah, Metal World <laughs> Peace. So yeah. But, but you remember a couple years before that when when Smush Parker was his point guard and that how bad that team was. He stuck it through. Obviously, they got him a little bit more talent. Yeah. But he yeah. finally showed that he could be a leader. Well, they got him a lot more talent. So I feel silly in thinking that that's sort of how I envision Kyrie here well, in Boston. Kyrie already had that kind of talent around him. So at the do you look at Brooklyn's roster right now without Durant? Is that a more talented team right now than the Celtics were last year? No. 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 So, so I, I don't I don't know where Kyrie's going to go. I wish him nothing but luck. I still think he's one of the best players in the game, but fundamentally, if you some of the things he did, I think they were just exhausting, not only to the players, but these were people in the front office that I knew. Mm. You know, it was like, oh my God. So, you know, I, I just can't believe some of the things that are happening. You know, I, it's like, man, it's so, so diva like. What stood out to you the most? Well, I think the biggest thing to me that stood out, and that was just an in house thing where I, at the end of the year, they have to sign basketball. So mm-hmm. they had, you know, 100 balls to sign. And when they signed those 100 balls, you know, it's for kids and, you know, at the end of the season. And uh, all the players, you know, after after practice, have to sit down and sign 100 basketballs to go to charities. Well, those balls went out, but there was one autograph that wasn't on those balls. And they asked him, it's like, you know, Kyrie, were you signing? He said, no, I'm not. And it, and it was so funny, you know, it was just one of those unknown things. Like, um, somebody I know in the office just goes, and Kerry really wasn't combative. Wasn't like, yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing this. I'm not. No, I said, no, I'm not interested. 
This is wow. a guy was like, whoa. I mean, where do you go from that? And he's, he's your leader of your team. So you're the one who told Jack McMullen about that, huh? Mm-mm. These are stories you just come out. You know, they filter out. Those aren't, I mean, they're... They, See, I feel like there's so many other ones, too. I just they, These aren't, they, they're not just, you know, those kind of stories don't, you know, just for signing balls. To me, I think it was overall just the attitude of Kyrie. And I think the biggest thing that turned people off was the way this team played. And if you are the leader of this team, and I think we can look at, clearly look at the Laker game and the L.A. Clipper game, which were back-to-back games. Celtics up by 20 against the Lakers, lose that game, and come back and get smashed Mm -hmm. against the Clippers here at home. And Kyrie's reaction was, don't worry about it. A big deal, you know. Wait till the playoffs. Right. And I think that really upset a lot of people, including myself. I just seemed it was such a. There were times just a smug attitude. Yeah, very smug. And it's interesting because Marcus Morris was the one after that game that just said, "Look, this isn't fun. I'm not having fun out here. These other teams out there, they have fun. I'm not having fun." I think I think that spoke volumes. Well, it it did, considering they had fun last year. Yeah. I mean, this is this is one that it. One of the top teams I've ever cheered for was a team the year before with Terry Rozier as your point guard, uh, you know, Jalen Brown um, doing his thing, um, Tatum having mm-hmm. to, you know, step into the limelight, uh, watching Morris, Horford, yeah. and they played together as such a unit, a cohesive unit. And um, the next year they get two of the better players one of the best players in the league in his prime, and another guy, one of the better players before he got hurt, coming back, and they were just totally dysfunctional. Do you think if they didn't overachieve that year that maybe things could have been different this past season? No, I think it still would have been the same thing because you're going to have to, you are going to have to integrate those two players into your system of how you play. So I I just don't think that there's anything that's going to really be that much different. Any part of you, and this might be a dumb question, but I'm throwing it out there anyways because I know it was only two years, but any part of you a little surprised that Kyrie didn't put out at least a message or a memo to the Celtics organization or fans? Hey, didn't work out, but you know what? Thank you anyways because I know you was cheering every step of the way. Yeah, yeah. It's still surprising, right? I think you see that all the time with players in the Players' Tribune Mm -hmm. right now of saying something. You know, I think Gordon Hayward said something to Utah when he left. Right. Uh, you know, different people have said something to, you know, play, places they played before. Al Horford and, put a message on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. So, I, yeah, I just think it's, uh, you know, sometimes just, you know, the only thing I'd want, if I'd been there at Kyrie's locker room, when he, in, in Kyrie's locker, when he made that message, I went there with a vacuum cleaner and took all his shoes and everything. <laughs> I say, you don't want to give it to kids? Don't worry about it. I got you. I got you, dog. Don't worry about it. This episode of the Cedric Maxwell Podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. When you head over to clnsmedia.com slash max and enter the promo code CLNS50, you get 50% back on your first deposit by betting online with BetOnline.ag. There's plenty of action right now. Go to clnsmedia.com slash max. Enter the promo code CLNS50, and you'll get 50% back on your first deposit when you bet online 
with BetOnline.ag. That's CLNSmedia.com slash max. Enter the promo code CLNS50. All right, let's get back to this podcast. I know this would never happen. Obviously, this is weeks before free agency started, but I would have loved to see him and Kyrie with the Clippers. I just think that would have been an interesting dynamic with Doc Rivers. At the helm. Doc Rivers would have been the kind of guy that I think would have been good for Kyrie. Agreed. Because he is going to fight him tooth and nail. Right. And I think that in in Brad's case, in Brad getting to another level, learning the experience that he had, I don't think that there were times, I think, that he looked back on it, if anybody else looked back on it, there were times you'd pull Kyrie's coattail. Say, son, come here. We, we, I need to talk to you in the big boy seat. This is how, this is how we do it here, and this is what we're gonna do. Exactly. So, but I think because of Kyrie being a free agent, again, it just seemed like there was so much hands off, not hands mm-hmm. on, hands off. Ah, don't say nothing to him. Ah, you think his hands were tied? I think that the, the I don't organization know, was telling yeah, I Brad. Don't, well, I don't know. I don't know if Brad is that kind of guy. Who's going to choose somebody out? But I don't know. Just like you know, you can't let the inmates run the asylum. Chicks mm. love the last shot. The big girls love that. 